Welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast, where the journey is the destination. It's the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Well, here we are again. Time to hang out a little bit more for another weekly podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Daniel. And I'm Bonnie, and we are so excited to be with you today. Yeah, it's going to be a great day. I hope it's going to be a great day. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we've had a good week so far. Um, something fun happened this week. You know, this summer with COVID, one of the things that made it kind of feel normal again and and really just helped so much was baseball yes. starting back. Yes, um, MLB that started back that was nice but um, but our son's little baseball team they played some tournaments and it was just nice yes. it felt like the real world yeah to be back out around people as socially distanced as we could um, they weren't nobody okay, socially that was a joke. distanced yeah. Yeah. I mean that was a nice <laughs> thought but you go to these baseball tournaments there That's wasn't true. I maybe saw one mask yeah yeah well, and it was fun to get back into it, and so we've kind of moved through. We finished out his um, officially. We finished out his AU season, and we're looking now into the fall. And um, we did, got to do something the la- last week and this week. Um, last week, Colby had tryouts for his fall non-U team, and he he got out there, and it was more of an evaluation than it uh, really kind of was. An assessment. It was an assessment to kind of see. Where, where his arm strength is, his fielding, his hitting and all that stuff. And he got his evaluation back and he was like, ooh, really? <laughs> now, to be fair to him, yeah. they warned, they said, we're going to trend towards low. We're going to yeah. evaluate everybody low. So no kid on the, the team got got really high marks. But um, What does that say about the team? <laughs> well, the fact that we won two games out of twenty-five. Oh, sweet boys, they're awesome though. But uh, but anyway, so Colby, you know, he saw his marks, and they were, you know, in Colby's mind. Listen, he's Freddie Freeman, oh, man. He's he's wrong with Kenya. He's fine. Yeah. So when you see that on paper, he's a good little athlete, but it black and white. You it's know, like, my coaches, you say the big eye don't lie. The camera doesn't right. lie. You know, your evaluation yep. doesn't lie. And uh, and so it gave him some good things to work yes. towards. Yes. So he wanted, to, and they told him, he said, you can come back if you want to come back next week and um, go through a, another tryout and be evaluated that you can. And some of his teammates were having their uh, their tryout last night. And he's like, I want to go back and support my teammates. He made the and team. That was yes. He made the team. But he could go back and get assessed again and try yeah. to improve. Yes, and he said he wanted to go out and support his friends who were doing their tryout, and he wanted to try to improve his score. And I was like, good for you, bud. Yeah. That's great. You know, I was really proud of that. He didn't, but he <laughs> did want to. <laughs> yeah, he tried hard. I think he ran a little uh, faster. Yeah. Yeah, he was really excited about that. He he ran his little thing faster. So, but. but that kind of leads us into our topic today. It's really hard when you are evaluated or when you're assessed on something it's really tough to see the black and white. Maybe you mm-hmm. work at a place and you have yearly reviews and you thought, man, I'm, I'm killing it. And then you get in there and you talk to your your direct report and, and you suddenly see you're not Ooh. doing it as well. Yeah. Um, well, I think we're going to have to put on some thick skin today because um, we're really quick to analyze other people. We can we can kind of look at somebody and say, you know, we see all their shortfalls and we it's a lot harder sometimes to look in the mirror and... <clears throat> And um, see our own. And, you know, we can pull into a parking lot sometimes and we're like, oh, that person's here. Yeah, you pull uh, into work or you pull into somewhere and you see that car. Yeah. And that car 
represents a person that's not fun to be around. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay. And you're already kind of starting to 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 grade what kind of day or this is going to be or what kind of mood you're going to be walking in because mm-hmm. that person is there. Yeah. Well, what if we are that person? Um, yep. you know, there are people who suck life out of a room. And I don't want to be that person. But sometimes the reality is, what if I'm the downer? What if I'm the one who people don't like to see coming? And That's a question that we never ask. Mm-mm. It's a question we don't like to ask. That's not a fun question to ask. You know, we always assume that, that we're right. We always assume that we're the person that, you know, breathes life into the place. But, um, yeah. you know, Jeff Henderson, uh, a pastor here in the Atlanta area, says we all carry around a personal climate with us and it affects everyone around us mm-hmm. and um you know who was the little peanuts character that had the cloud was it? Uh, of uh, the dust um yeah oh what was his name? anyway we always ca- we all have that climate that we carry mm-hmm. with us it's and, either sunshine or a cloudy day yeah yep that's so true yep. uh, i remember several years ago i was involved in something that i really enjoyed doing and had been involved in it for a while and then this particular person if this person showed up to this particular event or this thing, I was like, I I just, it kind of sucked the fun out of it for me Mm -hmm. and the passion. And I I started asking myself, is it even worth it to be part of this anymore? And, you know, just, it would noticeably, people's postures would noticeably change when this person showed up and Mm -hmm. they just kind of had an edge that they carried around and it affected everybody around us. And, um, it, it even sucked the passion out for people and stuff that save things that we like doing. And, you know, it's, it's easy to recognize those things when um, it's somebody else who seems to put us on edge. But what if I'm that person? Mm. That's a tough thing. That's a tough question to ask yourself. But here's the question. And this is kind of what we want to dig into today. If you woke up tomorrow and you discovered you were married to you, mm. would you be happy devastated well for one I mean I am not as pretty as you so I would be Uh devastated (laughs) but if you woke up tomorrow and found you were married to yourself and your personality and your personal climate how would you feel about that Mm. so that's what we're going to unpack today all right this is our call a kid segment it's where we call a kid and we ask them questions about marriage so today we're calling seven-year-old Anna Kate. Here we go. Hello? Hi. Anna Kate. Hey, this is Miss Bonnie. How are you? Good. Good. Well, you're on the Marriage Adventure podcast, and we are talking about some marriage stuff, and we thought, since you're so smart, you might have some answers for us. You think you could help us out? Yes. Okay. Let me ask you this. How old do you think somebody should be when they get married? 22 or older. Mm, That's okay. Very, very good good answer. All right. Let me ask you another question. What's something nice you think you would want your husband to do for you when you're married? Make me coffee. Oh, I love that's coffee. That's a great thing, Anna Kate. We love. Do you like coffee now? Um, yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, here's another one for you. Where would you want to go with your husband on vacation? To Hilton Head. 
What would you do at Hilton Head? I would go on the beach and collect seashells. Mm, I that's, bet. that's fun. Yeah, I that's bet he would like that. That's a good one. I got one more for you. What do you think would be the best thing about being married? Um, That if I had babies, I would have somebody to help. <laughs> yeah. You better pick your husband well. Hey, do you uh do you already have your husband picked out, Anna Kate? No. Well, that's a good thing. You got you're not 22 of- years old yet. No, you've got plenty of time. Well, thanks for being on our podcast today. Have fun. Yes, sir. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Well, not too long ago, uh, I was I was I was in school. I was going back for my master's in in this particular class. I was taking. Uh, I had a homework assignment, and on this homework assignment or this project, they posed this question. And this is a question that I think has profoundly. I think it profoundly changed me, Bonnie. Not mm. just through that project, but even since that project, I. I always find this question um, buried somewhere in the back of my mind or the forefront mm-hmm. of my mind, and and I think it's good because it's helped me become more self-aware. Yeah. But this is the question, and this is kind of the question we want to dive in today. But this is the question I answer for this school project, and it, it was this: What's it like to be on the other side of me? And yeah. I had to—I've never asked myself that question before. And that was new to me. And so I had to find two people that I work with and get them to answer this question. The problem is, is I'm in an executive position mm. at my, my church. <laughs> so there's only, you know, so really many people one, who will be honest there's with only you. one person above me and there's one person that's lateral and then everyone else structurally wise is below me on the org chart. And so I had to ask some people that work that I'm their direct report. Oh. And I tried my best to say, listen, please be honest. I want to know. I need to know. I want to be a better boss to you. I want to be a better, you know, helper. Think they were honest? I hope so. <laughs> it wasn't. Listen, either they were not honest with me or I'm a nice person because <laughs> they didn't bring out anything tremendously ugly. Um, you are so their boss. Maybe they were lying to me. <laughs> but that question, it no doubt fundamentally changed me and the way I think mm-hmm. about situations, mm-hmm. you know, so. Well, when somebody's name comes up in a conversation, you've got a general feeling about that person. Mm-hmm. You know, their climate is in your head. We talked about that. You kind of carry that around and um, and you form that opinion about them through the interactions you've had and maybe observations you've made. And um, But have you ever stopped to think about the fact that people have that, they've formed an opinion about you. They it, formed one about me. Yeah, either you're sunshine or you're a rainy day. Now let's bring this in to the marriage adventure. Yeah. Nobody sees it closer than your spouse. Nobody sees it closer than your spouse and your kids. Yeah. And uh, and so that would be an amazing question to ask your spouse, which mm-hmm. we'll get into in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, to look in the mirror, it, it requires, and that's what that question is. It's a look in the mirror, yeah. and it requires a lot of humility to be able to ask that question. What's mm-hmm. it like on the other side of me? And what's it like to interact with me? What's it like to be around with me? And James 4, 6 says this. It says, but he gives us more grace. That's why scripture says that God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. 
That's James 4, 6. He poses the proud. So when I refuse to ask that question or when I refuse to have that mindset, it's it's really just pride. Yeah. And even when I don't want to look in the mirror, even when I don't want to, even if I know I've I've got faults or I'm weak in this area, but I mm-hmm. failed to uh, address them and I failed to look at them, um, that's, that's pride. Well, and that's a big statement for God to say that he opposes the proud. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want to have God on the other side. You know, I don't want him to oppose me because it's not going to end well. To sit in opposition of the creator yeah. of the universe. I, yeah, that's not a place I want to well, be. God will humble us if we're not willing to do it ourselves. And so we've got to go into this whole question with humility. And, you know, I, I think we have this tendency on a podcast like this or I do. I'm like, oh, I wish so-and-so would hear this. I wish my husband would listen to this. Or, you know, oh, man, I need to forward this to my friend and kind of gently nudge them. And But... You know, it, it's, this is not something that we usually approach somebody and say, hey, you know, let me tell you what it's like to be on the other side of you. So uh-huh. it's a lot easier, you know, and, but today this is going to be all about me. So before we dive too deep into that, let's go back to that verse that if I don't want to sit in opposition to God, then mm-hmm. I don't want to be proud. Okay. I get that. Yes. That is not something I want to do. Right. He shows favor to the humble. So what does humility mean? What does it mean to be humble? And I really like this definition that a lot of times we think being humble is thinking less of yourself. Now, maybe for some of you that really needs to happen. You need to think less of yourself. But humility, true humility, is thinking um, of yourself less. Mm-hmm. And not That's just good. thinking less of yourself because if you know who you are in Christ, you're you're, you're a pretty special person. You you're should God's be workmanship. secure in that. Yeah, and confident in that. But humility, true humility, is thinking of yourself less, which means I'm thinking of others more. Yeah. Which puts this question even more so in the forefront of my mind, that if I'm thinking of myself less, and Bonnie, I'm thinking of you as my wife more, then what's it like for you to interact with me? Mm-hmm. And how can I help make your experience in your life with me much better yeah, and that definitely takes humility oh yeah because we're all selfish people we all want what we want and especially when we're at home because in other areas of life sometimes it's natural to not usually i mean to not always get your way yeah but at home you're like at least i'm king of, or queen of this castle and i can get my way so we've got to be humble enough to say how can i make your load lighter how can i make your life easy and to make your life easy means i need to be a person that's easy to live with yeah. What could asking this question do for your marriage? Mm. Well, I think the first thing is that it brings self-awareness. And the goal is to be able to see yourself through the lens that your spouse or that other people see us through and then be able to correct what mm. we see if it's not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that takes a lot of practice to, to look in a mirror and ask for other people to evaluate you because that's not easy. It's hard to 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 take that and to be able to say okay here's what you know here's what you see Mm -hmm. and now what am I going to do with that yeah self-awareness I think is one of the greatest um, one of the greatest attributes we can have as 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 people but especially as leaders in leadership Um, husbands if you're listening to this and you're in leadership of your family you being self-aware when we're going to take on the nature of Christ and we're going to love our spouse, love our wife, love our children the way Christ loved the church, then we're going to have to have self-awareness. We're going to have to constantly be bringing ourselves 
and, and bringing our flesh and bringing our sin to the cross and God bring the things into my bring the things that in my life that are not pleasing to you to the forefront of my mind so I can surrender those to you and I can you know repent from those things so I think self-awareness is one mm-hmm. of the greatest things because with self-awareness brings patience it brings mm-hmm. grace it brings all of that yeah. you know I'm yeah. putting myself second to you here's the second thing i think this question can do for your family is um it can allow you to see things from your spouse's vantage point mm-hmm. and that's huge that's something we don't do a lot mm-hmm. so last week um i'm in a men's group a men's bible study and um a few years ago i did this uh thing at the uh, our local police uh, had a few of us from the church come in and, uh, and it's the, it's an officer's training simulator mm. where you go in, they give you a gun and it's, it's the same guns they carry. It's just got a laser attached to it instead of bullets in it. And you walk through a simulator and it interacts with you and you get to experience pulling someone over. You get to experience going in on a domestic dispute in a house and trying to deescalate the situation you're asked to go into uh, a warehouse and an alarm has just gone off and sweep the place to see if everything's okay. And man, I'm telling you, my <laughs> men's group, we did it last week together. It was incredibly fun. But I mean, I'm sitting there, my heart's racing, I'm sweating, and I'm talking to a, an image projected on a sheetrock wall. And you that's know? why it was fun, because it wasn't for real. Exactly. <laughs> but one thing it did is every guy said, that's a hard job. And because you got to see things from the officer's vantage point Mm -hmm. and it's easy to sit behind social media or watch TV. And one thing that we saw was they showed us um, they showed us an officer uh, going uh, arriving at a uh, store Mm -hmm. and some and, and so they showed us the dash cam footage from one police car. And said, so is this, is this officer, uh, is he okay in the actions he took toward this person? Well, no, he didn't need to shoot that person. We saw one vantage point. He said, okay, watch this. And he showed us the vantage point from the other police car, the dash cam that shot from a different angle. He said, what about now? And we're like, oh, (laughs) oh, there was a whole thing we didn't see. Yeah. And, and, and that's true in marriage. Mm. There's a whole vantage point Mm. of your spouse that because we lock into our one vantage point, the angle we see things at, mm-hmm. we don't open up ourselves to be able yeah. to completely understand each other. So I think when we ask that question, what's it like to live on the other side of me or be on the other side of me? It allows me to open up to, to see what you see, yeah. you know, and what you have to live with. That's so good. So vantage point. Being able yeah. to see it from more than one vantage point is huge. Oh, and then another thing is that this is, it's a deeper level kind of conversation. This is not just the, okay, here's, here's what we got to get done today. And here's, okay, here's what, let's buy a house. These are our plans. These are the things. This is a deeper level conversation that if it's done right, it can really lead to a deeper intimacy between mm-hmm. you and your spouse. It can take you into the depths of your relationship and, and root out the things that maybe don't need to be there or the things that if we're willing to work toward can really um, lead to a richer, deeper relationship. But it's a hard conversation to have. It well, it's, it's hard on both levels. It's hard if if I'm asking the question, it's a really hard thing to be prepared to hear the answer. But if I'm being asked the question, 
is hard because what if there's something that I, I want to tell you, but man, I don't know how this is going to affect my relationship. How will he receive this? Will he yeah. think that, I mean, how is he going to take it if I tell him this particular thing? And it, it takes a huge level of trust and transparency and it really does dig a little deeper into the heart of your relationship to be able to be willing to go there. Yeah, um, you got to be transparent. You got to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You've got to be um, trusting, mm-hmm. and you know, and all those things are things you want in a marriage. Um, it'll endear your heart to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, these types of depths of conversation. Well, and it, it can be really painful to hear what's what your spouse says. I mean, if you're going to ask this, you've got to be prepared that this might hurt. This might be painful. And I think it's one thing to ask people that you work with or whatever, that get to go home at the end of the day. But when you're asking your spouse this, I mean, at some point you can leave the people if they say something mean to you at work or at school or at wherever out in the world in your, you know, extracurricular life. But man, when you ask your spouse this, it can really hurt because the people who are closest to us have the most power to hurt us and because we really care what they think. I care yeah. how you see me. And if I realize that you see me in a way that I don't want you to, that might that might hurt. And I have to be willing to receive that. But it's going to really deepen our relationship if I'm willing to work towards that and say, you know what, you're right. I, I, I never thought about it that way, but I want to work towards that. And so, mm-hmm. so if you're going to ask this, don't ask it lightly and – Make sure you've spent some time with the Lord preparing your heart for an answer. Be ready to to have to work on something. Yeah. You know, um, so that's, you know, this isn't, and another thing is this isn't a question that you rebuke. You're, you're not picking a fight and you ask it and you take the punches. Yeah, you're not, re- you're not looking to rebut this and say, yeah, but I this or I, said I that. I rebut, didn't I? Yeah, you it's, meant rebut. B-U-T-T. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. So, um, yes. When you ask it, you've got to... And don't be a butt. Yeah, don't be a butt. That's Either. A th- don't be a boot. But <laughs> you got to be willing to hear what they say. And I think that's it's our, our nature to want to defend ourselves. Mm-hmm. And this is not what you're going into that conversation with. You're not going to go say... When they say, here's here's what I see... If, even if, I mean, they might not come at it. They might have been looking for an opportunity to say this. So they might not say it nicely. When yeah. you say, what do you see? How how do you see me? They might just lay it all out and you might be flabbergasted. And you might be wanting to come back with, yes, but I this, but I that. This is not a time to defend. Mm-mm. This is evaluation. This is looking in the mirror and and receiving what they have to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been like us going up to the people of evaluating Colby. And saying, yeah, but what about this? What about this? You Mm -hmm. know, and it's looking in the mirror. You know, when I look in the mirror in the morning, if I don't like what I see, I can't talk the mirror into changing the (laughs) image. How I change the image is I walk away from the mirror and put a plan in place to and work my butt off to change the mirror. And over time that will change. And I think it's the same thing with this. You're not trying to, to, you know, win your spouse over to your side. You're asking. I think them. you're seeing this wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so here's here's what do we do with this information? Um, and it's all centered around that one question: mm-hmm. What's it like to live on the other or to be on the other side of me? Mm-hmm. And you have to be willing to receive it and open to let the Lord change us. Um, James one twenty two through twenty five says this: It says, "But be doers of the word and not hearers only." 
So if you tell me something and I walk away and I don't yeah. change it, then that's, you know, um, and it says when we do that, we deceive ourselves. Verse 23 goes on, says, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. That's what we're talking about. Uh, for he looks at himself and goes away at once, forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, um, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically what that, what's that saying is when you're ready to ask that question and you receive that feedback, walk away and change. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the hard part. And don't expect your spouse to ask that question back to you at that moment. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this is, you know, now unless you're both listening to this podcast and you say, hey, we're going to, next Tuesday night, we're going out yeah. for dinner and we're going to ask this question of each other. But uh, but your spouse only asks this when they are, are ready, ready to, to ask it, it or feel like they need to ask that's it. That's right. And if if you're listening to this together and your spouse says, we need to talk about this, be kind in how you tell your spouse what you see. I mean, if you do have a laundry list of things, then mm-hmm. be really kind and, and compassionate and realize. Maybe just pick out the three <laughs> biggest, not all eight. Well, because our words, our words can either um, build a wall mm-hmm. or they can be, they can be heard. So, and, and when I say that, I mean this, if, if Bonnie, if you want to communicate with me or I want to get a point across to you, I can say it in a certain way that you'll hear it mm-hmm. and process it, or I can say it in a certain way that is attacking and mean, and it's just going to yep. allow you or make yep. you My walls are going to go up. Put your defenses up yep. to protect mode. Yep. And so if you're the one who's, who's explaining what it's like to be on the other side of your spouse, then say it kindly. Yeah. You know, you can, we can all say hard things kindly. And remember, we we love each other. This this is a person we love. And the reason we do this and that we accept feedback from our spouse is because we love them and we trust them. And we we trust the fact that I, I live with you and you see me more close up more than anybody else. Uh-huh. So I should be willing to hear what you say over anybody else because you know my heart, both sides of it. You see the good. You see my intentions probably more yeah. than anybody does. And so if you've got something to say, that you're seeing something in my life, I need to be willing to accept that as accountability mm-hmm. from someone who not just loves me, but but wants good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's some action steps. Um, we want to leave you with something this week. This week, find one or two people that you love and trust. Maybe start with your spouse and there, know somebody that's going to be truthful with you and ask them this question. What's it like to be on the other side of me? Um, and do it with a humble heart and be willing to to receive their answer. And you're going to have to go into that with a lot of prayer. Yes. And that's our next action step is ask the Lord to show you what needs to change and then be willing to take the step in that direction and swallow the the hard truth yeah. and put a, put a plan in place. And then I'd come back later, you know, at a later time, if, you know, a month or two later and say, how am I doing on that? Yep. Am I, am I any better at that? Um, we had to do this several years ago. You know, there was something in my life that as we were studying and doing different things came out and, and I was like, am I that way? And you were, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, what? Why did you never tell me? And, and now I try to be cognizant of it, you know? And, um, and so I, every once in a while I try to ask you, have I been doing that lately? Well, and it's like every year 
For this team, Colby's going to go through a tryout and evaluations yearly to see where has he grown? What's he doing better? Has he gotten worse in certain areas? And we need to do that with our spouse. We need to check on ourselves and say, mm-hmm. I need some I need some feedback. I mean, works do quarterly or yearly reviews to say, how can I grow? How can I get better? And mm-hmm. and that's the goal is to push ourselves forward and to become that person that we would like to be married to. I yep. want to be the person that that you like being married to it in the mornings you wake up and that you don't want to be gone before I get out of the bed, that mm-hmm. that seeing me at the end of the day breathes life into you. And if I'm um, not that kind of person, then I want to know it. Yeah, that's good. Well, hey, listen, it's been great being with you guys today. This is a really tough question, um, but I think it can do wonders for your marriage. Also, speaking of tough questions, if there's any topics that you want us to cover on this podcast, man, please reach out. Reach out to us on social, on Facebook, or on Instagram, or email. Shoot us an email, info, I-N-F-O, at themarriageadventure.com. We'd love to hear from you and because we want to help. And if we can get a topic out there that's near and dear to your heart or would help you, yeah. we, would love to, uh, we would love to be able to help in that way. Well, you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, then head on over to Facebook and Instagram and give us a follow. Have a great week.